Pastor Xavier Reese with encouragement to become blameless and pure in a warped and crooked generation. Your pilgrim sojourner, live like one, having been redeemed as a son or a daughter of God. Remember, the boat belongs in the water. It's when the water gets in the boat that the boat gets in trouble. Don't think you can open up portholes and forget to put the plug in and put all kinds of weight to make it go below the waterline and think that you're going to float. You will not float. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The simple truth of Proverbs 25:26 is, Like a muddied spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. And if the young prophet Daniel had given up his convictions and given in to the indoctrination of his Babylonian captors, then the Bible says he would have become like a muddied spring or a polluted well. That is, he would have become someone that once had the ability to give life and sustain the thirsty, but now was useless for that which it had been created. But thankfully, Daniel had a greater resolve than that. He wasn't someone who was going to buckle, and nor should we. With more from our study series of Daniel, here's Pastor Xavier. Daniel chapter 1, we're going to look at verse uh, 1 through 7. And the message entitled, Groom for the King's Court. The exile experience of Daniel as he arrives in Babylon is characterized by the captivity information regarding Daniel in verse 1 and 2. Second, we have the cultural indoctrination regarding Daniel, verse 3 through 5. And then you have the co-spiritual identification regarding Daniel, 6 and 7. We begin with the captivity information regarding Daniel, verse 1 and 2. Notice in verse 1, Daniel was taken captive in the reign of Jehoiakim, taken to Babylon. The Lord Yahweh allowed Jehoiakim, notice, to be carried away in judgment by Nebuchadnezzar. It says, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. God is in control. He's on the throne. That's a good subtitle for the whole book of Daniel. (laughs) God is allowing all this, okay? In judgment. The captivity information regarding Daniel was to proclaim it was ordered from the court of heaven. By God. Notice secondly in 3 to 5. We have the cultural indoctrination regarding Daniel. In verse 3, Daniel declared Nebuchadnezzar ordered that some of the royal sea be selected for service to the palace. The instruction was given to his master eunuch. Now notice in verse 4, Daniel declared the specific qualifications indicated the cream of the crop. The best of the best of the royal seat. They were to be physically attractive. Young men in whom there was no blemish, but good looking. Gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. So from the cream of the crop, there would be the cream of the crop. He says, who had ability to serve in the king's palace. And whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans to serve. To stand or to be stationed in the king's palace in order to aid the king in the Jewish affairs and the duties of state. Nebuchadnezzar was being shrewd king. Indoctrinating them 
and hopefully winning their heart over to Babylon, which I'm sure they did regarding many. But what Nebuchadnezzar did not realize was that God was preparing these captives for his smooth transition into the time of the Gentiles that he was going to reveal through Daniel. Even as God prepared Moses as he was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. So these young men, they were grounded in Yahweh and the word of God, but they were going to be taught all kinds of stuff, contrary, challenging the truth of God's word. It would not be easy. The problem is not our mind, it's our heart. And when we expose ourselves to things that we think are equal to God and they constantly bombard us with that, our heart gives way. But it's not an intellectual problem if you really look at the evidence. It's the heart of man that's deceitful. Now, notice five. Daniel declared the specific diet and duration of the time. The food ascribed to them was the best of Babylon. And the king appointed for them the daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank. Their food came from the food provided by the king. So they were an extension of the king and the kingdom. Great privilege. Now remember, all their food was an idolatrous celebration, making them one with their gods in order to remove their culture and their faith. All right? Just like the Jews sacrificed to God and they would sacrifice to God a piece of the lamb and then they would eat another one in fellowship with God. The pagans did the same thing. Demons are behind idolatry. But again, God honors the heart as we're going to see as we move on in Daniel because they did not bow to these gods in heart. Okay? So the food itself is not going to hurt you. It's if you are dedicated to those gods, those demons, then God honors your heart as rebellious against him. You understand? They're not doing this by choice. And we're going to see the decision that they take. Even in this decision that could cost their life. They stand against it. Looking to God. The time ascribed to them. To prove they were the best of the best. Was not that long. Three years. Three years of intensive. Accelerated. And diverse learning. In order to serve Nebuchadnezzar by command. Now, he was no guy to mess around with. We get some of the exploits in his uh, war expeditions and all, but we're going to move on. We're going to see he was the head of gold. Absolute ruler. There was no law to prohibit him. When he said, you die, you die. The Medo-Persian king, he was subject to the laws. We'll see. That's why Darius was grieving because he couldn't deliver Daniel. He was subject to the law. But Nebuchadnezzar, he's the head of gold. He did what he wanted, when he wanted, to who he wanted, as often as he wanted. And nobody said nothing. Dangerous. The objective was that they would be proficient enough to serve before the king. Many of the people who were present in Mao's takeover saw the removal of all books and especially Bibles. And sent to re-educational centers or camps. And gave them new names. The People's Liberation Army. Those who opposed were imprisoned. Christians were persecuted and killed. They endured incredible horrors. They were to recant their faith. And if not, 
they would be sent in prison, and then they would be taken to re-educational camps. Their witness of Christians says the only way you made it was if you knew God's word. It's an incredible witness to the modern day Christian of the commitment to God, the Christians during Mao's revolution. Now, the Babylonians were smart. They knew the effectiveness of isolating a young person from family and influence of their moral ethics and stance. It is believed that Daniel was about 16 to 18, as I said. Without doubt, the other young men were equally that age or somewhere around there. There would be no prohibition, no pressures, no oversight regarding their ethics, their morals, their character of that upbringing of the Jewish culture. They were removed from the house of the country. They were learning many things that would contradict God's word. The information, the education would exalt itself over God's word and they had to make decisions. Proverbs 18.1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Now these young men were isolated by force. But even that can turn to evil if you don't walk with God. When you seek your own isolation, that's not wise. Two is better than one. Always. If you're 50 to 60 years old, you have witnessed in America the same thing done to the youth in America as Mao did. Except in reverse form. Mao took over China through the Cultural Revolution and then set up the re-educational camps. America did it the opposite way. She set up her re-educational camps, the public school system, and the universities. And once the 60s hit, full progressive liberal teaching came in. And we've been indoctrinating young people into socialism, Marxism, even communism. Even communism. And if you send your child to a public school education, they're not educated. You need to understand that. They're indoctrinated, socialized. Universities, they will tell you on the first day that your parents have no authority over you. Where's the authority? Your parents just pay the bill. You go to your classes, sociology, psychology, Marxist philosophy, socialist philosophy. They make no bones about it. Even Christian universities, so-called. I just heard of a Christian professor, so-called. I doubt if he's Christian. Who told this Christian young lady that she needed to blend in and hang out with more non-believers, not just Christians. This way she would know how to love them and, and minister to them. Really? That professor gets an F in Christianity. The U.S. re-educational camps indoctrinating the youth. So now if you are up to 35 years old, you've been indoctrinated with the world's philosophy of anti-Christian, anti-Bible by your professors. Go sit in. Audit a class. Just sit in for a day or two. They'll let you do that. <laughs> He'll blow your mind. The change of vocabulary, new politics, policies, amorality, no black or white. You fill in the blank. No absolute right or wrong. Contradiction to our constitution, our Christian foundation, the proclamation of entitlement. If you don't believe God's judging America, I'd like to hear what you think is happening. <laughs> 
Proverbs 29.2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, Chavez. You fill in the blank. Evil men. They could care less about people or nations. It's all about them. God helped them on the Dutch Judgment Day. The world and Satan are always attempting to attract the best looking, the intelligent, to fill them full of themselves and pursue the promotion of themselves without regards to others. They get pumped. <laughs> Everybody's so in love with themselves. <laughs> love me. The problem is the heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked, Jeremiah 79. Your problem is not intellectually with God. It's your heart. You want to be God. You want your own rules for life. The pride of man sets himself up for a great fall. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. Psalm 14, 1 and 2 literally says, The fool has said in his heart, No God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Wow. The cultural indoctrination regarding Daniel was to prepare him to serve the king in the king's court who thought he was God. Notice thirdly, six and seven. The spiritual identification regarding Daniel. In verse 6, the specific individuals named are Daniel and his three friends. Now, from among those of the sons of Judah, so there were many others, were Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah. Daniel's name means, God is my judge. Yahweh was all-knowing, seeing everything. Daniel understood this. Yahweh knew what was in the heart of Daniel. Hananiah's name means, the Lord is gracious or has shown grace. Yahweh was loving to his people. He understood this. Yahweh was compassionate and merciful. Mishael's name means who is what God is. Knowing God was separate from man. He was the creator. Knowing no man is God. Azariah's name means Yahweh is my help. A reminder to not trust himself. A resource that is unlimited. Now, the name of Daniel and his three friends are changed to the gods of Babylon. Hmm. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name of Belshazzar, to Hanani, Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Daniel's name was changed to Belshazzar, meaning Bel's prince. Compare the two. Now, declaring Daniel was to look up to the god Bel. Ascribing all that Daniel was to the god Bel. Now, people can do whatever towards you and say and everything, but it's whether you embrace it in the heart. You understand? This is the key. This would be a betrayal to Yahweh. His life was lived out before God. We're going to see this throughout the book. Ezekiel makes mention of Daniel three times as a righteous man along with Noah and Job. In Ezekiel 14.14, 14, 
verse 20 and 28.3. Ezekiel's with the people. Daniel's in the palace. Ezekiel's the shepherd and prophet. Daniel is a politician and statesman. Both serving God. Daniel must have been again between 16 to 18 years old. If we take the middle age of 16 and 606 BC, then Ezekiel, uh, then we can trace his, the age by, by doing the math and that. Ezekiel mentions Daniel by name uh, after being in Babylon for six to seven years, adding nine to Daniel that he preceded Ezekiel would make Daniel about 31 or 32 years old. In Ezekiel 14, 14, 20, and Ezekiel 1, 1, and Daniel 1, 1. So you can compare all these things and trace his age, and we'll do that as we go along. And also as we go through the book of Daniel, there, it's not in chronological order. The different dates happen, okay? So we, do, we look at that. Now, Hananiah's name was changed to Shadrach, meaning inspired, illuminated by Shach, the god Shach. Bringing glory to the god Shach, it would be a denial of Yahweh. Mishael's name was changed to Meshach, meaning who is what Shach is, declaring Shach to be the only God then, ascribing superiority to the God Shach, a turning of his back to Yahweh. They, they know what they're doing. The world knows what they're doing. If you are a young person and you're in school, you better make sure you know God's word. And you better put your thinking cap on. You better put your armor on. And you better stand and fight the good fight of faith. I can't tell you the number of kids from here who have gone to college that are no longer walking with God. 25, 30 years ago, the head of public education was ready to retire. says the worst thing you can do is put your teenager in public high schools. I tell you as your pastor, the worst thing you can ever do is put your children in the universities of America. Azariah's name was changed to Abednego, meaning servant of Nego, submitting to the god Nego, sacrificing all for the god Nego. It would be an exchanging of Yahweh for Nego. These four shine like stars. <laughs> do you realize that the Hebrew servants of God here just about without exception, when any Christian refers to them, they always refer to them by their pagan names, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Learn their biblical names and refer to them by the biblical names. <laughs> okay? There were two sisters who uh, had coveted to wait till they were married before they would give them sexual purity away. And one of the sisters got emotionally carried away and involved with her boyfriend, and she fell sexually. She felt terrible sharing with her sister. They both cried. Her mistake was that she thought she could play with the boundaries and press them, thinking she was in control. Her commitment went from faith to feelings, and she lost what she could never regain. And that's the danger for all of us, on different levels in the world that we live in America today. Uh, none of us are perfect, but if we're born again, we must fight the good fight. First Corinthians ten thirteen says the scripture warns us there, let us let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Never say never. Remember who you are. You're a Christian, a pilgrim, a sojourner. The boat belongs in the water. 
It's when the water gets in the boat that the boat gets in trouble. Don't think you can open up portholes and forget to put the plug in and put all kinds of weight to make it go below the waterline and think that you're going to float. You will not float. Your pilgrim sojourner, live like one. Having repented of your sins, having been justified by the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross, having been redeemed as a son or a daughter of God, having received eternal life, and having the greatest hope of the soon return of Jesus Christ for his church and to return with him to set up the kingdom at the second coming. Wow. Philippians 2, 14 and 16 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of the crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. I pray as your shepherd is that God will do an incredible work in my life as well as yours as we go through the book of Daniel. To really get perspective of where we're at prophetically and in the time that we're living. Remember the world and Satan are one. He is the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The prince of the power of the air, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. The world will always attempt to change your knowledge to be like them. You really believe in the flood? You believe in Noah? Yep. And give them an answer. 1 Peter 3.15 In meekness and fear. Show them how you use your brain. They don't. The world will always attempt to change your name to be like them. Oh, it's okay. I'm a Christian too. What are you doing drinking beer? What are you doing getting loaded? What are you doing living with your girlfriend or boyfriend? Wow. What kind of Christian are you? Pancake half done? The world will always attempt to change your morality and purity to be just like them. 1 John 2, 15-17 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Am I telling you to isolate yourself as a young person and be a kind of a dork and geek? And no, no, I'm telling you to be a Christian. You have the greatest hope to live. You have the greatest resources. You can enjoy life to the fullest. I wasted 23 years of my life doing nothing but just drinking and running around and cruising ball and park. What a waste of time. The co-spiritual identification regarding Daniel was in hope that he would forget his God. But they don't know Daniel. And they don't know God. The exile experience of Daniel when he arrived at Babylon was characterized by the captivity information regarding Daniel. To proclaim it was ordered from the court of heaven by God. It was proclaimed by God. The cultural indoctrination regarding Daniel to prepare him for service in the king's court who thought he was God. And the co-spiritual identification regarding Daniel and hope that he would forget his God. Wow. Do you think that might have some relevance for today? 
When it comes to the influence of the world, Pastor Xavier Reese acknowledging today with the example of the faithful Daniel how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's study titled Groomed for the King's Court are available, as always, on CD for only $4. And by the way, we'll be including everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now, once again, the title to ask for is Groom for the King's Court, or just mention today's date. Simply address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 